Association. 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 That was such uber ponage. Hello, fellow nerds. Welcome to the Nerd Association podcast from the WBNS FM studios in Columbus. I'm your host, Mark Finch. And I'm your other host, Daniel Barnett, here on Nerd Association. We like to prove just because we have cool jobs, it doesn't necessarily make us cool. But we're pretty cool, I think. Nerd, being a nerd is cool. Yeah, it is now. I just think, you know, what a clever turn of phrase you came up with. <laughs> anyway, uh, so today we're going to be diving back into the world of video games. For our listeners out there... I'm sorry if it frustrates you, but the only video game knowledge I have is Nintendo. I've been a Nintendo boy all along. So my opinions may not line up with your opinions when it comes to greatness. That's okay. We can each do our own thing. I've gone back and forth with Nintendo. I got a 64 like really late Mm -hmm. in the run. It was probably like after like the PS2 came out. Oh, wow. Then I got a GameCube, and we played that. So that I was really into GameCube, and then I have not had a Wii or a Switch. Gotcha. So I... um. But I've definitely played Wii. Everybody played Wii. Everybody did play Wii because of all the cool motion stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, I guess it's worth tackling this up front. I was an I had an N sixty four. I later got a Super Nintendo, just kind of like at a you know thrift shop or something. Mm-hmm. Um, then had a GameCube. Sold the GameCube kind of halfway th- like at the top of its arc. So there were some games I missed. Okay. I was uh, I thought I was cool and like didn't need video games anymore. <laughs> false um i inherited which which part both not cool and didn't need video games definitely when i was a teenager i definitely wasn't cool uh (laughs) and i probably should have held on a little bit longer inherited a wii from uh the brother-in-law and then uh bought our own switch so i've had and then a game boy advance so i've had a like a fair i've had a pretty long timeline ds and i had the game boy advance and the ds yeah so okay anyway Mark, all that <laughs> all that being said, long, long preamble, what do you think of when I say Paper Mario? I've never played a Paper Mario game. I have played plenty of Super Mario games dating back. I don't think I've ever actually played on like the NES, but I've played the original Super Mario. It might have been a Game Boy or just like an sure. emulator or something. Super Mario 64 is a favorite of mine. That one was a lot oh, of fun. classic. And then they put it on the DS, so that was really cool. You know, slightly watered down, but pretty good for... 2005 or whatever sure yeah and uh super mario sunshine on the on the gamecube but as far as paper mario i know it's like similar to probably like the more original super marios the non-3d ones but with that paper art style so the original paper mario came out in the year 2000 so we're 20 years out now and that was on n64 it was definitely closer to a platformer than a sort of 3d walking around experience Mm -hmm. uh but it definitely had some some like um third dimensional elements i mean of course the idea is because you're paper yeah you exist primarily in two dimensions but there were parts where you could like you know break that wall of, of a third dimension and move forward or backward the original paper mario was a plain and simple rpg like a turn based rpg Mm -hmm. so you built a team of that's what i thought maybe but i also knew there was Mario RP there was like an official Mario RPG so I wasn't sure so Super Mario RPG was I think on the Super Nintendo Um, in development Paper Mario was Super Mario RPG 2 okay and they decided that they wanted to really play with this element of it being a 2D game on a 3D system Mm -hmm. so that's why they went to the sort of Paper Mario idea but yeah originally it was supposed to be like a sequel but I think there was Super Mario RPG I for and I can't tell you why because I wasn't (laughs) 
<laughs> old enough to know much about it. Apparently, it was kind of controversial in among video like and Nintendo purists, especially because Mario had always been this like platforming game, and uh-huh. the fact that they wanted to turn it into this sort of. I know, very different. Like, more like a Final Fantasy or that yeah. sort of genre. It seemed like putting a shell of a different game over an already existing type of game. Sure. And why enter that realm when it was the king of the platformers pretty much at the time? So I think it was smart marketing for them to go with this idea of Paper Mario, especially when they had released a 3D Mario game on the same system, to, well, like, talk about a little bit more about why you're going back to, mm-hmm. you know, the... The plat a little bit more of a platformer style, and again, it's a it's a pure and simple RPG. You're assembling a team of fighters. They all have sort of special abilities. Um, you power up through different weapons and armor and that kind of stuff. And of course, their special abilities not only apply in combat, which when you enter a combat, it like dramatic music, billy, 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 and like <laughs> changes, and now you're clicking in menus and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, Paper Mario is that. Paper Mario is probably in my top three of games. It was so good. (laughs) It was so good with the exception that you couldn't save once you beat the final boss, which was Bowser. So you could never have quite, you could never have finished the game. (laughs) You would like, it would go, you would beat Bowser and then it would go back to the main menu and you would be at the last save point before the boss. So I don't know why, but yeah, I just have a vivid memory of being really upset by Did that. Did you want the ability to travel around the map freely without right, th- I was, with the storyline being over, but with you at like full power or yeah, whatever? Yeah, I was I think exactly. I was kind of curious as to like what what does the world look like after you beat the big bad boss? Uh-huh. And then yeah, go and explore that world. And yeah, super powered, go back to level which at any point before you got to Bowser, you could go back to these other areas and be super powered, but yeah. I don't know. So I just have a distinct memory of that. So there was that um there was Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door on GameCube. I believe I sold my GameCube like two months before it came out, Mm-mm. which was disappointing to me because it was like, oh, no. You didn't have your subscription to Nintendo Power to know that it was I coming. I did have a subscription to <laughs> Nintendo Power for a long time. but And in fact, I had those magazines until just a few years ago. Yeah. Anyway. It is cool. Old magazines are something that like we're not going to have anymore. Yeah. And they are cool to look back at. I had a friend who just kept like all of his sports illustrating and we'd keep them stacked uh, like according to sports and those are sometimes fun to just like pull out the basketball one and like pull up you know one yeah. that was three you know even at that point that was only like three or five years old exactly so i never i didn't have any experience with that game i have been told it is the best in the series so i can't but i can't speak to that sorry you never even tried to go and play it i never had the system to go and play it i have a gamecube well then we'll figure that out because <laughs> apparently it's the best one um there was super paper mario on the wii which i inherited it played so i remember i didn't play the whole thing through i remember it dropping the buddy system so you weren't carrying around allies with you and they relied much more heavily on this the idea of you being paper so like you would be going through a map but you could turn sideways and like slip through a crack to get to a secret place in the map and things like that so that was kind of like going down a tube but in paper mario sure and you and to go down tubes you would like go into like a a circle or like a tube you would roll yourself into into like a a cone a cone and then go down (laughs) So I didn't play through that whole thing. There were apparently some like handheld releases of the different Paper Mario games. Again, those are legends, not canon. <laughs> I mean, they're yeah. If you want to go that route, but okay. So Paper Mario: The Origami King came out less than a month ago, and I got it on release day because I was excited. <laughs> um, so the Paper Mario: 
colon the origami king the premise is okay your your paper the mm-hmm. kingdom is paper this game is a 3d game though but your characters are 2d so you like are a flat thing moving through space <laughs> the scenery is like folded paper um not quite origami let's get we'll get there but like it's neat how they use the aesthetic of like sometimes things are made of cardboard and you can see the corrugations yeah. and things like that like and, a like a cool clubhouse in a second grade classroom yeah and there are moments where you can like access different areas by grabbing a tab on the scenery and pulling it down like you're opening like a carton of milk or something or like pulling one of those paper strips yeah. like on a mailer envelope that's cool so it's it's not just in that art style but it's like dynamic with the art style exactly it, it incorporates it doesn't just look like this it actually is this yeah so the i the, the the whole premise behind paper mario the origami king is that you are it's it's the day of the origami festival in toad town which toad town is the town right outside of peach's castle and uh, you show up and like bad stuff starts happening. <laughs> Princess Peach comes out and, you know, Mario's love interest and she's made of folded paper now. Not flat paper that's been drawn on, but folded paper. Fancy. And she's like, Mario, join me. Be one with me. You can be folded too. And it's like, what's wrong? Also, it'll fold too. And all the, the paper Mario games, Mario doesn't speak. And he like he just does gestures and they'll like do a speech bubble with dots in it. Mm-hmm. But kind of everyone else speaks for him. So it's very interesting. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that's interesting to me, but it is. Uh, it's quickly revealed that the villain of this game is named Ollie. Ollie is, is an origami prince and he wants to be the origami king. So he all these like giant paper ribbons come in and wrap around peach's castle and lift it up out of the ground and put it on top of a mountain like in the distance and ollie has gone through the kingdom and removed scraps of scenery so like there'll just be suddenly holes which is neat because it's like you can see the wire framework behind it (laughs) and then you have to use part of the game is you have you collect when you beat enemies you collect them as confetti and you have to use the confetti to like patch over <laughs> holes to make the kingdom whole again yeah um so he's he, prince or this prince origami yeah is trying to become king origami by mm-hmm. stealing peach's kingdom yes yeah by coming into this paper kingdom which is you know flat mm-hmm. and being like i'm going to make it magnificent and so he goes through and like kidnaps people folds them into baddies that he has control over so all the enemies you're fighting are made of origami. Mm-hmm. He's origami. Um, and he also has you. You're, so you put in this the dungeon of the castle and you meet his sister whose name is Olivia. So he's Ollie. She's Olivia. She's also origami, but she's horrified by what her brother's doing. So she vows to help you. Okay. And her thing, and she's your sidekick for the rest of the game. Her thing is that she can help Mario turn himself into good origami okay and then later on she gains abilities to fold herself into more powerful origami creatures that are based on the elements so that uh, that kind of i think already answered one of my questions so the the origami peach is peach she's peach but brainwashed okay um so then this is what this kind of reminds me of is dr robotnik who takes animals in the sonic the hedgehog universe and turns them into mech versions of themselves and then when sonic you know bounces on them as a ball then he frees them at the end of the level as back to their normal 
a biological yeah. state. That's a very good comparison because yeah, all of the almost all the enemies you face are made out of either the, themselves. They've been made out of the thing that they represent just in origami form mm -hmm. or like a bunch of them squished together. Okay. Um, Bowser is also in this game, but at the very beginning he gets folded up into this like wad of paper that you can't unfold, he can't unfold and so he runs <laughs> away. Um, is that because Ollie just doesn't want to deal no with No competition. Bowser? Yeah. Right. Um, and because he's using all of Bowser's minions to be his minions yeah. by folding them up. All right, so you'll, your goal early on is that you like, okay, well, the first step is we need to get rid of these ribbons because they're covering the castle. Okay. And so in order to do that, these ribbons are spread around the kingdom. You have to go to the different locations where the ribbons are and find out what the source is and, like, se sever it. Okay. All right. So something paper... A normal day, yeah. Yeah. So something Paper Mario games have always done super well is you get to interact with Bowser's minions in a way that they're not antagonizing you. And in this case, because you are trying to save them from the fate of being turned into origami, mm -hmm. they're like willing to help you ready, you know, ready and willing. Um, is that because of like the RPG format that it like slows it down that you're you're not constantly either fighting each other or have taken them down? Sure, it's very. I mean, it's very story. It's heavily story based because yeah. yeah, you're not doing any very little real time combat, and the combat you are doing is like turn based. So, it's it's like I said, it's it's also interesting that in the first Paper Mario, like most of your sidekicks were uh, either in that case, I think they were minions that didn't want to be minions. Or, like, had been rejected by Bowser to be in his army. Okay. In this one, you ha always have Olivia, but then there's, like, usually some third sidekick that is with you for a story arc or two. Okay. And provides some special ability. We're going to come back to that because <laughs> I'm going to make you cry on this podcast. <laughs> so, you you have to go through these lands and figure out where these ribbons are coming from. But in the, on the in the course of doing that, you also have to... The sort of sub-bosses of each arc are these elementals that they call vellum-entals, like the paper vellum. Okay. So the vellum-entals <laughs> that have been turned into origami, so they're, like, doing a bad thing. And you have to beat them, free them from origami, and then they give you their gift. So the first one is, like, the earth vellumental, which is this giant tur turtle or tortoise. Um, and by freeing it, it gives Olivia the power to move earth up and down and like make new areas accessible etc cetera, etc cetera. so you get to so that's the mini the like the demi boss in each arc and then the boss in each arc as you get closer where the the ribbon is like anchored the first you don't know this going in the first time so the first time you start you're getting close and these like uh colored pencils start firing at you like missiles okay and they're like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> you get to the top of this tower, and the boss you have to face is, like, a tin of colored pencils. And he's the, like, underling of Ollie. Okay. And, okay. Now, the other <laughs> part of this, the combat system in this game is a combination of, like, puzzle-based and Twitch, like, uh, Twitch quick, mechanics. Like quick time? Right, quick time. That's it, yeah. So, you are in the center of, a like, concentric circles of rings, and on your turn, you have to line up the enemies by rotating the rings, and then you can do bonus damage if you, like, hit the A button at just the right time as you're either jumping on them with your boots or you okay. have a hammer. So no longer... It's turn-based, kind of, but in order to, like, make your attacks most effective, you have to do puzzles. Yeah. And then the boss battles, you have to shift the rings. They have, like, arrows that are directional and, like, little stickers that represent the action you do when you land on them. Mm-hmm. 
So in a, in, in a limited time frame, you have to ship the rings around so that it gives you a path to the boss. And then you either have to like, at the end of that path, you have to have an attack sticker or one that allows you to turn into one of these elementals or gives you health back, etc. So that was a thing that at first it was like, uh, why can't it just be a turn-based RPG? <laughs> like, why do I have to do puzzles all the time? I ended up being, it. I was endeared to it eventually, but at first it was like, this is crap. <laughs> um, so anyway, this is your first boss battles against colored pencils. Later boss battles are against things like hole punch, tape dispenser, you know what this, stapler, scissors. You yeah. know what this reminds me of? And it's not a video game, but they have been used in video games. But this reminds me of the Lego movie. Okay. Where like the the villain, like the the thing he's gonna use is is the craggle, which is crazy glue, but yeah, it's yeah. been like the bottle's so old that like some of the words have been rubbed <laughs> off. And it just remind like it of like using this whatever, something to tell a story, something that's not just like normal cartoon sure. characters or humans to tell the story. And then but there's things from like the real world that are in there that can be seen in an antagonistic way. Oh, for sure. The office supply thing, I laughed very hard <laughs> when I was like, oh, this is going to be the thing. Yeah. Um, and you, and, and as you then, after that first, so your hint the in the first level or the first arc is that they're just drawings in random places. So you're like, what's that about? That's weird. <laughs> um, later levels, it's like, oh, the, the, all of the toads have their faces punched out. Yeah. Um, like there's just strips of confetti everywhere that have been sliced up. Like people have been taped to things. Yeah, eventually you start being like, oh, I get what's going on. You're here. picking up on the hints as you're going through the right. level. Rubber bands were another one, like a rubber band, like doll. <laughs> anyway, and then of course that plays into how you have to beat them because you have to do. You have to figure out what it is that you need to do to weaken them so that your attacks will work. Okay. Um, with the colored pencils, you slam the case closed, so the missiles blow up inside. Like uh, the rubber band, you have to grab like the the bands at the top of the head and pull them way back and snap them. <laughs> and there's this element of motion control with this because one of your primary weapons is uh, Olivia gives you p or big origami arms, the thousand fold arms that allow you to like Mario's arms get huge and long and yeah. can like you can swing the controller to, like bash things or grab onto things and t twist them from side <laughs> to side. Okay, so you go through each of these levels you get your elemental power and there's different themes to the levels like the first one's like idyllic mountain passage there's one that's kind of like a mining valley mm -hmm. uh one is a, a theme park a theme park that's samurai based so it's like you're going around this abandoned theme park um one of them's like underground tunnels one of them's desert and so there's all the you know there's different themes and of course they play on like in the samurai one there's a mini game where you have to throw shuriken or go through this ninja temple and you have to like find all the hidden ninjas and i'm guessing since all of these little lands are you know have a boss at the end of them that they're either vacant or like seem like imprisoned in some way like they like is there a clear indication that like something is afoot where you're at oh yeah for sure there's always something that's amiss that you have to solve first and usually mm -hmm. that has something to do with the elemental in the region um, because they've been, remember, they've been turned bad. So their powers are being used to do something to wreck this place. Uh, and then once you free the Velemental, then, yeah, then the landscape changes and you, then you're able to get to where you need to go. Yeah. At, with some added powers. So all of it's, it's very clever. And the thing that I'm reminded of playing this game, and, and we talked about Animal Crossing, having not played 
video games or like story-based video games in a long time because even when i had a wii i basically used it for smash brothers and mario kart yeah um it's how much how funny the writing is because it's written by people our age now (laughs) where and like it's kind of like snarky and cynical and the references they make to things that like come from our childhood like that time period is very funny to me because I don't, ex- I haven't expected that out of video games before. Yeah, <laughs> that this this sort of moment where they like look, they break the fourth wall and look at the screen. <laughs> like, do you remember? Remember that? Uh, we're looking at you, millennial. Um, I can't. I don't have a good example of that, but I'm just telling you that yeah. like the writing in this game is very good and surprised me a lot. So finally, like the the deal is, you find out that Ollie and Olivia were created by this Toad origami artist who. Uh, like lives on an island in the middle of the ocean and was want- wanting to enter them as part of uh, the origami festival toad town but he used this technique called the fold of life and of course it goes I wonder what the fold of life does yeah it goes awry <laughs> um, and so uh, you get to the end spoiler alert the deal is that Ollie is are, how familiar are you with origami culture none 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 familiar this is there's this idea in origami that if a person has the patience and the artistry to fold a thousand paper cranes okay that you can you're going to be granted a wish due to like your dedication and your artistry so in this game you get to ollie as he's like he's just finished folding the 999th crane and it's like oh he's using the thousand crane technique to get a wish and he's like and i'm going to wish for everything to be origami and you can't stop me so they're more of like a tradition or superstition or something kind of but they're using it as like an actual plot point that we- will, a weapon yeah that will definitely work if he gets that last one folded and it's and it's interesting how much they like bring this these origami elements in as game elements and like i said it's cool too how the landscape you can sometimes see the side corrugation of cardboard and things like that it's it's clever they've used this very well yeah um that there's that very a very touching moment you like when you finally beat ollie one of his big beefs is that his creator like blemished his perfect like form by writing something on him but he can't see what it says and in the end, you've beaten him, and he's, like, unfolded as a piece of paper. It reads, like, my most beloved creation. And he's like, oh, I've done all this wrong. <laughs> Fold me into a into a, the thousandth crane and wish it all better. So, you, like, it's a heart. It's, like, this touching moment. And then Olivia has to give up herself to do it. It's 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 a very, big, very. Yeah, it's heart-wrenching. This isn't how I'm going to make you cry. <laughs> so... So the, this is the idea of the game. I think it's very clever. Once I got used to the sort of puzzle mechanic as combat and as you get in higher levels then you're you become powerful enough that you can just like skip the things that would make you go into combat like if you come across a goomba mm-hmm. the like the 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 mushroom looking guys yeah. but like the gross ones quote unquote <laughs> um at early levels that makes combat happen at later levels you're powerful you can like hit it with a hammer and then you just don't have to go into combat it just like decimates it okay so I recommend it. We'll come back to that. I want to tell you the story that I think got me in the feels so hard. Okay. One of the, at the end of the first arc and going into the second arc, you get on this, um, like rail gondola, the kind that like go up on a wire, wire gondola. Okay. And in there is a bob You're familiar with bob They're yeah. the, 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 like, 
black cannonball bomb guys with orange shoes. They got the little windy the turn. Yeah, and they yeah. and use or and have the fuse on top. Yeah. So you run into you get in this gondola to go to the second arc level, and you meet this Bob bomb who has amnesia, and he's missing his fuse, and he's like, I know it has something to do with this this origami stuff, but I don't remember how I got here. Like, so he joins you. Okay. And again, this is the first sidekick other than Olivia you get. And if you've played these previous games, you know that like something about him has a special ability. Okay. So we'll see when that comes out. Well, Bob refuses to go into like the first dungeon with you, uh, to go after the water of elemental. So you're okay. Okay. He doesn't apply there. He just kind of, Puts is around with you for like a you know a level and a half, two levels, <laughs> and you're just kind of like okay, well, so he's just here every now and again in your in your uh, puzzle based combat. He'll like run over and headbutt somebody and do a little damage, <laughs> but sometimes he trips and falls. He's he kind of seems useless, but you start to like him as a character. Yeah, Olivia starts calling him Bobby, <laughs> um, and so, uh, so you get to this. You I think it's in the third level where you get to the entrance of this mind complex and you know that that's where you need to go so ollie the origami prince shows up and he's like you've already gotten rid of two of my ribbons you've gotten my attention sister like you're not going to i won't let you foil my plans and he does some technique and this enormous boulder falls from this mountain that the the mine is bored into and falls on olivia and crushes her and so you and Bobby are just standing there watching in horror as Olivia is buried under this massive boulder, like many, many thousands, like hundreds of tons boulder. And he says, I think I know what to do. And so, of course, what do you think? He's a bob mm-hmm. You're in a situation where there's a huge boulder. What do you think he's going to do? You think he's going to blow up to crush the boulder and get Olivia out from under? And they 100% set it up that way. Yeah. And then he says, Mario... I know what to do. We have to go to the ocean. <laughs> and you're like, what? He's like, no, I know I, there's a, out on the ocean. There is this abandoned cruise ship. I remember now. And we can find something there to make this right. Okay. <laughs> right. So as a player, I'm like, surely no, we're not going to leave here without Olivia. No, you are. You're going to leave here without Olivia. You have to go back to Toad Town. You have to hire a barge. <laughs> and you go out to this abandoned cruise ship, the Princess Peach. And Bobby is telling, like, when you get there, he's like, yeah, I remember this place. It starts, it's all starting to come back to me. Just come this way. We have to go this way. So you're like, you're just taking his word for it. You're following along with him. What you, else are you going to do at this what point? What else are you going to do at this point? So you have to figure out how to get the power back on the cruise ship. And where are all the toads that are like the crew? And it eventually becomes clear to you that this cruise ship was attacked by some sort of sea monster because you keep getting glimpses of it. Inky spots start showing up. And so you get to this boss battle with this uh, squid monster, which is a real-time boss battle. It's actually not like a a puzzle-based one. You actually have to like run around and hit stuff and get out of the way. And at the right beginning, Bobby, or maybe it's right at the end, Bobby's like, yeah, I remember it now. My buddies and I, uh, 
because there were no like there was no conflict going on my bob on buddies and i rented a cruise ship to like have a vacation together and uh and this thing attacked us and it like you know my a lot of my friends sacrificed themselves uh but i during the scuffle my fuse got pulled out and i had to watch as all my friends like threw themselves at this monster to try to to knock it back and my best friend uh you know got just got beat up and just or you know killed before he could do it and so he he gave me something and told me that when i when i needed it uh, i would have it and he said and it's in the safe on this ship so you go to this uh, this stateroom you get in the safe you pull out this box he's like okay now we can go save olivia except it's not in there it's just a hand drawn picture of rose <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's painted like one of the french girls no so, and you don't, and even then you don't know what's in the box what's in the box <laughs> so you go back to the mountain you've learned this story about how like how bobby is now like he remembers why like what happened to him he remembers losing all of his friends he has he felt so useless in that why moment. did he lose his memory did he hit his head or he something? got beat around real bad yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and, and he, uh, he lost all his friends and his, a lot of his friends like died valiantly trying to save him. You get back to the mountain. And so you, you're thinking there's some sort of like magical item or like upgrade to your hammer or something in here. He opens it up and it's his dead best friend's fuse. (laughs) (laughs) And he, there's a cut scene where he like puts it in his fuse holder and he says, this is what my buddy would have wanted. And he blows up (laughs) and he blows up the rock. So after all that, it is what you thought. And Olivia comes out and she's like, like, oh, I'm freed. Like, I'm so glad that you and Bobby wait, where's Bobby? And then she like goes into the cave and is in deep depression. And you have to find a way to make her laugh again. But chops, I I tell you that (laughs) because they subverted expectations the first time. And because Bobby was like, no, I, you know what? I know that like we can get a thing. It'll solve this. Mm Mm-hmm. They set you up to think it's all going to be okay. Yeah. I cried. <laughs> I mean, it really was emotional to me because it was like, it, you don't expect it out of this kind of, at first, what seems like kind of a kid's game. Later on, I was like, oh, this is definitely, not that it's adult in the like crude or sexual sense, but it's, yeah. a, it's a game for for grownups. Mm-hmm. You kind of figure out. Like, like the kid, emotional maturity level of it is adult. And and the difficulty of the later levels. Okay. I was like, oh, this is challenging for me. A like fairly intelligent adult, a kid would not have a good time <laughs> with this. Um, but yeah, I just it just like hit me right in the feels, man. Yeah. Bobby, rip, rip Bobby 2020, you That's know? So, sounds like this is a very well-written game. It's a very well a lot of work into the writing of it. And, and later on, like, when you get to Bowser's castle and, and you recruit Bowser to, like, help you go beat up the Origami King, there's this legion of bob that you run into and Olivia just starts sobbing. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and there's, and in that level, you are in this flying, like, Bowser's flying airship and you get to be the gunner. And so these bob are all, like this is my duty and you're like shooting them at these folded paper airplanes that are coming to attack you yeah, i had no idea uh bob had such valor for their duty yeah and, man yeah. they take it seriously <laughs> so anyway like like i said it's it just you don't expect it you don't expect to be playing this this game and all of a sudden just Where be, like, everybody's based sobbing. on paper and there's all this <laughs> you know the origami princess is stuck under a rock and now all of a sudden you're yeah so questions about the world yeah 
is there a reason it's paper is this a different mario do they ever explain that is it just a completely different universe where it's the same character no i think it's supposed to be the same unit all the same characters appear luigi is in the game he like he will join you for very brief moments he's looking for the keys to to peach's castle so that when you get there you can get in and and he appears in every arc and has gotten the wrong key <laughs> and you're and he's like oh man what a bummer and you're like but actually that's the key i need right now for my mission he was like oh well, here have it and then he like jumps in a mario kart and drives off to okay. like the next place so he is common toads are common bowser is there baby bowser is there peach is there i i do i think they never really explain it if i had to answer your question i think the idea is that paper mario is your way of seeing what mario was like in the in this like 2d platformers so the fact that he's 2D is a yeah. throwback to the platformers where all you had were two dimensions. Mm-hmm. They don't ever say that, but I think that's the idea. Um, and that you're kind of getting a behind the scenes look at what the Mario world really looks like in three dimensions, but he's still 2D. Yeah. So I think that's why. But yeah, no, it seems to be set in the same universe. All the same characters are there. They make they like have throwbacks to previous Mario games that are more story based. Okay. Um, so yeah, they never. It's never explained by, like, you know, normal three-dimensional Mario falls into something and all of a sudden he's in this paper Correct. world. They, I think, yeah, they just kind of play it off. It's a little bit more storybook. It's, mm-hmm. again, and it's kind of a, seems like a, a nod to the, the original 2D games. Yeah. Um, but, well, yeah, I, no, that's a good question. I've You know what? I've always just sort of taken the premise at face value and never thought, like, <laughs> is this supposed to be? I know that that the writers of paper mario i read this somewhere that the writers of paper mario are not supposed to introduce characters they're not supposed to introduce like new big characters that will so in other words they're not supposed to introduce characters that you would expect to then appear in other super mario games okay and you're not and they don't have like um like rona lee's rosalina from super mario galaxy and like you know what i mean some of the like big side characters that came into some of the the 3D games don't appear, but you do. Like I said, you do get Bowser and Baby Bowser and those. Yeah, kinds so of you get the core players that like the the original Mario Kart lineup type players. Precisely, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So there's that. I, I do have to say, I don't know why Nintendo is so afraid of making this game just a pure RPG because the original Paper Mario was, as by by all accounts, very successful and beloved. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why they think they have to mar- like do something different than just making it a turn-based RPG. This is, I guess, kind of that. But I don't know. I, I, I will say I missed the element. And I missed like when you have these extra sidekicks, they tend to give you more in-world and not in-combat capabilities. Uh-huh. There were moments where it would have been nice to have like <laughs> a little bit more utility from these guys in combat. Um or to be able to direct them because again they kind of intermittently will do damage for you but you can't predict it yeah i'm just it, not sure just, why i'm not sure why they're afraid like of it if you're gonna have rpg elements then why not just go all in because if you combine the two then you're not going to get to the le- the levels of greatness that either one could do either live combat or lo- or straight rpg and, and i will say the 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 story i just told you about bobby the bob the original Paper Mario, every one of your sidekicks had that kind of thorough backstory, and you got to know them over the course of the game, and you really got to appreciate them and appreciate the, the sort of unique pickles they could get you out of. Yeah. Um, like in that game, you you had a Bob-omb that was pink, and of course he got made fun of because he wasn't the same color as all the other Bob-ombs, which is like 
high level. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you had a Koopa Troopa who, who like didn't, it just was a, he was like peace loving guy, man. He just didn't want to fight. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was just, I, I, I kind of, there were elements of that that I missed. They certainly had some of it. I just am not sure why they're shying away from just making it an RPG. People would like that. Yeah. Anyway. And so, there's plenty of Mario live, you know, combat platform type options out there. It's not like. Exactly. It's I, not like they wouldn't. It's not like because they would make Paper Mario straight RPG that people would lose the opportunity to play Mario in that in the other form. Right. Like Super Mario Odyssey or Super Mario Sunshine or Galaxy or whatever. Like that's a different audience mm-hmm. to me than this game. And that's like it's okay. They don't, and and it's and it's not as though even the the way this game was made really appeals to the three D like Mario open world crowd anyway. Yeah, the like three D platformer essentially, because it's like very puzzle based and quick time based. And yeah. I don't know if they did that because they just thought like kid that's what kids like teenagers are that, want is like puzzle games and quick time games because that's what most apps are on phones these days. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that does seem odd to me because like Mario, you know he. He's so big now that he really f- exists in just about every form of video game. So why not just go Lean straight RPG it. and you're not going to lose anything because you have all the other versions of him anyways. Right. Well, and something too, um, I mentioned that Luigi keeps showing up. I, I guess I kind of figured at some point Luigi would join the team. You would get to play <laughs> with Mario and Luigi on a team and really you never get that. He'll show up for, for very short periods. He has the wrong key. You kind of save him half the time. He gives you the key he has that's wrong, and then he runs off and does his own thing. <laughs> and you kind of even think like in the final boss battle, because yeah. Bowser helps you in the final boss battle. He becomes part of your team and like does a thing. <laughs> but but you would think maybe, or or that for part of the arc you'd play as Luigi. I don't know. I not that I like have some special affection for Luigi necessarily. Yeah. But I just kind of thought it was strange that they. They kind of teased you with it the whole game, but it never really... They didn't pay off on it. I don't know. I I liked it. I thought it was a good game. I would recommend it to anyone who's into things that are like RPGs. Once you get over the sort of... Or once you get used to the puzzle aspect of it, then it's... uh, I think that part can be fun. Are you an RPG fan outside of this? I love... Well, (laughs) I mean, I'm a tabletop RPG fan. (laughs) You know, there's going to be an episode of Dungeons & Dragons that happens on this show (laughs) eventually. Although at the two hour mark, you'll have to cut me off. <laughs> um, yeah, I like, I mean, for video games, RP, like, uh, I can't, okay. I can't play first person shooters. I get nauseous. Okay. Um, so that, that whole genre is out for me. So when people are like, oh, but what about Halo? What about Gears of War? <laughs> no, dude. I, the only game I've ever put up with that was GoldenEye 007 as a whatever 12 year old. I would play it until I would throw up and then I would come back and play it in, until I threw up. Like, <laughs> That's the only you game I can't handle the first is no, I just can't. And I can handle second person sh- or like third person shooters. Yeah. Mostly. It's just, I can't handle the quick camera stuff. Okay. So I tend to stick to games that have a little bit slower movement factor about them. Um, so yeah, RPGs tend to do well for me in that respect or platformers because there's at no point am I going to throw up playing this game, Yeah, <laughs> which is a thing I like. I like not <laughs> vomiting. Um, Next week's episode, not vomiting. <laughs> yeah, I'm a nerd about not puking. Uh, sponsored by Jägermeister. <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, it's not like it had, I don't know. Those are just, the, my complaints are fairly minimal. They are, why not just lean into the thing that I think most people expect when they come to. And and the Paper Mario game for Wii 
the reason I stopped playing it is because it had none of that. Yeah. It had no, no RPG elements. It was just a platformer. And I was like, this is dumb. Why would I do this? Yeah. So anyway, um, other questions, other thoughts? No, I think that's about it. Do you have any more to add about the game? Do you have an elevator pitch for people to play it? I guess you kind of already went over that. But Yeah, I mean, the elevator pitch is if you like platformers, but you like the idea of a platformer where you get to explore the world a little more thoroughly, mm-hmm. if you like clever writing and clever use of the theme, which I think they did in spades, um, and if you like puzzle elements to games and, and are good at the quick time things, which I became good at because I had to... Um, go for it like it's a fun game it's a well-written game I, I i haven't played the original paper mario in so long so maybe my memories of it are just like the nostalgia factors making yeah. it a better game than it was um but i in in my brain it stacks up almost to that level of being and and again paper mario for 64 is one of my top three favorite games of all time so the fact that it's close to that means it's it's close to the one of the best games of all time in my opinion <laughs> your mileage may vary all right well yeah. That's Paper Mario here on Nerd Association. What's the full title again? Paper Mario colon The Origami King. Out now for Nintendo Switch. (laughs) There you go. So there's the elevator pitch and the real pitch for you. Thanks for listening uh, to Nerd Association. Here, we also like to open it up to our listeners. If you want to come on, be a nerd, we can maybe get that guest situation out. Or if there's something you want to hear us talk about, send it our way and we'll take any suggestion. We'd love more content because right now it's hard to find content that's new. So anything you think that's interesting, send it our way. You can find us on Twitter at NerdAssoc. That's N-E-R-D underscore A-S-S-O-C. We are also NerdAssoc at gmail.com. Hit us up on either. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and thanks for listening.